It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka's made it over the hump of what was originally predicted to be the busiest cruise season in the town's history. And while there's still over a month to go, city officials are already exploring changes for next year. At the top of the list, Sitka's busiest intersection may be getting a makeover. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. This summer, the corner of Lake and Lincoln Streets in Sitka is livelier than ever. Throngs of visitors wait for their opportunity to cross, and every 10 minutes or so, a big motor coach or two will pull through. Their tails coated in dust from multiple trips out Halibut Point Road to Sitka's new cruise terminal. On many days, Lincoln Street is blocked off to vehicle traffic and transformed into a pedestrian mall. While it may look a little like the entrance to Disneyland, for some drivers in Sitka, it hasn't felt magical, especially during rush hour traffic. One of the number one pieces of feedback that I hear continually is that the Lake Lincoln intersection is a problem. That's city planning director Amy Ainsley. She agrees that the Lincoln Street intersection, as it works now, isn't really working, and a significant change is needed before next summer especially to account for that. It is, it's that left turn when you're on Lake Street trying to turn left onto Lincoln. That can really back up traffic towards the roundabout. The intersection has been an issue in previous summers with far fewer cruise passengers in town. So it's not surprising that Sitkins began expressing frustration with the situation in the earlier summer months. But the fix is not straightforward because the city shares the intersection with the State Department of Transportation. Ainsley says that something as simple as hiring crossing guards or a traffic conductor to cover the intersection during the busiest days requires involvement of the state. Because you're either guiding traffic through that DOT intersection or cro- you're using cross guards to cross a DOT right-of-way, they also need to be involved in that traffic control plan. Ainsley says the city has been working with DOT to make sure the intersection is prioritized before next summer. Sam Dapsevich is a spokesperson for DOT. He says in late July, they sent a regional traffic and safety engineer to Sitka to study the intersection. They observed the um, conditions at the busy time of day and made some adjustments to the light. Um, They added some time to the Lake Street phase uh, to keep traffic flowing better. He says the engineer took measurements of the lane, which will be plugged into a computer program to find a long-term solution potentially reconfigure the lanes um, to where there might be a left turn only lane and then a straight through or right turn lane, um, which should alleviate traffic. That would be if you're coming from uh, the Lake Street direction towards the bridge. But it isn't just the intersection that needs a second look. As buses unload at Harrigan Centennial Hall, passengers should either walk to the Lincoln Street intersection or head past the library to a crosswalk. But many choose to jaywalk on a section of road with a notorious blind spot created by a combination of curve and on-street parking. Uh, We're looking at uh, a couple locations where we could add an additional crosswalk in that corridor uh, to try and help funnel that that pedestrian traffic a little bit better. The city paid for its own traffic study after learning that this would be a record visitor year. Consultants were in town just a couple of weeks ago, observing pedestrian and traffic patterns, and they'll be analyzing that data over the next few months. 
Ainsley hopes the report will make the city's case for changes to the Lincoln Street intersection. In the meantime, she's happy with how Sitkins have responded to the challenging circumstances. We've got small streets, we have some difficult corners, and then we have people who are just completely unfamiliar and on vacation, fully on vacation, not always looking where they're going. And, you know, I know I know people are frustrated and, and rightfully so, um, but I also still see people being cautious. I see people looking out. You know, Sitkins have done a lot to accommodate these extra, you know, these these increased numbers and to, to do a lot to try and keep people safe. Ainsley hopes to see significant changes to the intersection by next summer. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose. Although school buses in Sitka last week were sporting signs advertising for new drivers, the shortage in Anchorage is far more acute and has forced some innovative thinking. Anchorage School District officials announced Friday that active duty airmen will drive school buses for students at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson. The airmen will drive students for 90 days starting this Thursday, and the four drivers who currently staff the routes on J-Bear will move to other routes in the district. The Anchorage District is currently down 66 drivers. 25 new hires are in training, and 17 others will be returning to the district from other jobs by September 19th. Superintendent Jared Bryant says they're interviewing 21 additional candidates. So what that means is that we're within arm's reach of our goal of being fully staffed by October. As new drivers have started working, the district has reinstated routes based on student needs and safety. Six routes have been reinstated so far. Bryant says the district has also been working with the city of Anchorage and the state of Alaska to adjust traffic flows as more parents have been driving to schools and more kids have been walking. To make adjustments to traffic lights as appropriate, to monitor traffic, and to make sure that students are safe if they're walking to school in lieu of being on a school bus. The district has also started a third-party audit of its transportation operations to avoid similar shortages in the future. Bryant said that could lead to changes for the district, including using a new kind of routing software, adjusting school start times, and combining routes. A well-known Metlakatla carver known for his poles in Metlakatla and at Ketchikan's Rainforest Sanctuary died unexpectedly last week. Friends and family of Wayne Hewson remember him as a mentor, a culture bearer, and a fixture of life in Metlakatla. KRBD's Reagan Miller reports. When things were good, they were groovy. And when something was cool, it was far out. That's according to Wayne Hewson's friends and family who chuckle, remembering his favorite 70s slang that he held on to over the years. The 69-year-old father of two was a respected carver who lived in Metlakatla with his wife, Tony, and two sons, David and Daniel. He was in a rock and roll band in high school and later a longtime member of the fourth generation dance group. He was a really uh, uh, open and kind man. Um, he was soft-spoken. He was uh, really dedicated to his family. That's David A. Boxley, a Simshian master artist and close friend and mentor of Hewson. Boxley worked on six poles with Hewson, including Hewson's first pole, raised in 1994 at Metlakatla Senior Center. He remembers Hewson as humble, talented, and proud of the cultural revival work he did through the fourth generation group. People don't realize how much of an effect they have on their families and their friends and just their just the world around them, their immediate world. Um, I think that was the kind of guy he was. He was also an inspiration for Boxley's son, David R. Boxley. To me, he was Uncle Wayne. The younger Boxley remembers how Hewson loved to play music, 
He was well known for his affinity for rock and roll. His instruments of choice were the drums and guitar. But also, you know, it would surprise you and uh, pick up a guitar and just play some beautiful pick, you know, song, just something really pretty and had a, he had a beautiful singing voice. He says Houston was a man devoted to his family. Boy, he loved his wife and uh, they were very close. She was with him on a lot of his pole projects, helped him paint and um, just, yeah, just just uh, they were together, I think, 45 years. And um, yeah, real real love story, those two. William Bolton met Houston through the fourth generation group. Chuckling, he joked that he always thought Houston was a little odd. Odd in the way, I guess, that he was uh, friendly and he didn't tease like most people do here in Metlakatla. Bolton worked with Houston on a few projects over the years. He remembers Houston as a mentor who was always generous with his time and expertise. I think the, the biggest thing is that he he was always willing to give people advice, and, and he never did it in a way that that could be taken as mean or attacking anybody. Just that he was willing to share his knowledge that he had and didn't judge anybody for not knowing something. In the days since Houston's death, Bolton says he's been reflecting on what the man taught him about carving. And he showed me that other carvers aren't uh, my competition, that, you know, you could always learn something from somebody. Clifton Guthrie says that Houston was someone he looked up to growing up in Metlakatla. Guthrie says if it wasn't for Houston, he might never have completed his first solo pole. He recalls how Houston calmed his nerves ahead of the pole raising. As a carver, I was worried about, like, the whole, you're having guys lift it, carry it, raise it with ropes, and and he's the one in charge, and, and he made, you know, he made a point to put his hand on my shoulder and say, uh, your job is done now. He says Houston oversaw the whole event and attended the celebration held afterward. Guthrie decided that as payment, he would give Houston fresh deer and fish whenever he had it. Guthrie says he's keeping up that deal with Houston's wife, Tony. Most of all, Guthrie remembers Houston as a generous man who always made time for those close to him. He made me feel like, like we had been friends forever. A viewing was held in Ketchikan on Monday. A public celebration of life is set for September 5th in Metlakatla. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. Taking a look at the community calendar. Lincoln Street will be closed today to vehicular traffic from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. with no parking beginning at 9 a.m. in accordance with the short-term tourism plan. The Sitka Economic Development Association requests help to strengthen Sitka broadband by taking a speed test by Thursday, September 1st. You can find a link to take that speed test on the community calendar posting. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. Uh-huh.